0: Okay, so as always, it's great to worship with you. My name is Yumiko Nakagawa, one of the pastors here at Wall swing Church, and here is Jared. If you can see, oh, here, hold on, let me see. Here is Jared. Yeah, <laughs> and I happen to be um, the driver that day. And as I was merrily driving through the highway, um, Jared made a comment that I was going a little too fast. And to that, I said, well, I'm just going with the flow of traffic because I'm a good Japanese person who likes to go with the flow of everything. don't like to disturb. If everybody's going a certain speed, I'm going with them. And he made a comment about, well, If you're going with the flow, you and everybody is going above the speed limit. To that, I said, well, how am I supposed to know what is the speed limit when there's no speed limit sign nowhere on the highway? When I said that, Jared had this look on his face of like, what is she saying? And he pointed the sign in the the corner on the, uh, I think the picture you can see. Tiny little sign that you will see on the on the um highway. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I made a comment like I never saw that sign before, but no wonder because it's so small and it's so simple, it's just in like black and white, and there's only one on the entire highway. So of course I'm not gonna know the speed limit. And then When I said that he had this look again he's pointing out like this sign this sign this sign and it was amazing from like Moanalua exit to our church exit there were like three signs that I had never seen and he still doesn't believe that I didn't see it ever but I had never seen the speed sign I was like oh I guess there was one but no wonder it's so small um But, you know, I'm sure and I really hope I'm not the only one who never saw the speed signs because it's hard to see, right? (laughs) Some of you probably never noticed either. I mean, there are lots going on when you're driving on a highway. There are big signs that has like all these exits and then all this waste that highway is going to part. Those are colorful, large in front of you. And there are also signs that's like electric signs that says, oh, Pali Highway is going to be closed and there's going to be construction. You want to look at that. You also want to look at these like bumper stickers people have on their car. And there are like a lot of things to see. There are. You know, new buildings that's building up, and oh, what's going on a mall in Lourdes Garden today? Like there are lots to see. There's beautiful sights. There are so much going on. There is a lot of information, and when there is a lot going on, of course, some of us are going to miss the speed signs. I think, and don't you think that's kind of maybe how our brain works? You know, when there is so much information, our brain selects what we see and leaves out some of the things. And I'm sure there's a name for that phenomena or function of how brain works. <laughs> Whether there's a actually a name and that's how our brain works or it's just my oversight not to see the sign. <laughs> I think this is um, what I did with the speed sign is what we do sometimes when we read the Bible. For example, when we read today's passage, Exodus 16, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up Exodus 16, we see a lot of things. And because there is so much going on, we sometimes overlook the most obvious, the most important thing. Today's passage, Exodus 16, again, this is a part of the three stories in Exodus 15, 22 to Exodus 17, 7. Between 15, 22 to 17, 7, sits in the right in the middle, Exodus 16, there are three stories. In there. And these three stories happened right after the Israelites saw. God parted the Red Sea, crossed the Red Sea, and they were delivered safely from the hands of Egyptian army. And the stories go like this. First story in Exodus 15, three days after the Red Sea, no water, people complain, Moses relays the message, and God provides them with water. In Exodus 16, one month after they left Egypt, no water, no food, they complain. So God provided, sorry, Moses relays the message, God provides them with water. Sometime after, no water again, they complain, Moses relays the message, God provides them with water. In these three stories, we see a lot of things. We see a thing or two about grumbling, how to grumble properly, and what happens when you don't grumble properly. We can also learn about God's miracles in these passages. God provided water and food in a supernatural ways, and each miracles are so rich in detail. You can compare these miracles with the miracles happened or miracles God did through Moses back in Egypt. And there are lots of things that we can garner from that. There are symbolism, there are patterns that we see. We can also learn a lesson about leadership through the example of Moses. Or we can see how stubborn the Israelites were and maybe helpful for some of us to really reflect on our own stubbornness. The story of the Israelites surviving in a desert may teach us about how we ought to be content with what's given to us. There are lots of good Christian living tips in this text, and they are all wonderfully helpful. However, the problem with reading the Exodus from this perspective is that there is so much going on in this text, so much going on that we may actually miss something important in the text just as I never saw the speed sign on the highway because I was always so busy looking at all the other signs and everything else going on on the highway. When we're trying to see everything, we may miss the obvious important part of this story. So for us not to miss what's important um, and from this passage, today I am going to focus only on God. Not on Moses, not on the Israelites, but on God. What God did, what God said in today's passage. So again, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open Exodus 16. Uh, what did God do in Exodus 16? As you can see, God listened. Verse 4 and 12, we see that God listened to people's complaints and the grumbling. God also provided, verse 4 and 5, and more later. God listened and then responded by providing them what they need. God also was present in verse 9 through 11. We see God appeared in the cloud. See, God listened, God provided, and God was there. God was present. What else do you see God did in this step? There are many things, and there are many different things that you may find. What else did God do that we see in Exodus 16? Again, there are many answers, but one thing I see is, yes, God gave a Torah. Yes, Torah, as in the holy book of Judaism, but not exactly the same. And where do I see this? I see this first in the verse four. It says, in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Or if you are to use the Hebrew here in verse four, in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my Torah. The, the Bible in original Hebrew instructions, they use the word Torah. And obviously, it's not the same Torah that those who practice Judaism today read in their synagogues and at their home. God didn't hand out the whole thing of Torah, holy text of Judaism, at this point. Torah here means teaching, guidance, and instructions. So in verse 4 and 5, God gave a Torah instruction to go out each day together gather as much as you need and share with whoever in your tent and prepare what you bring in on the sixth day. And the same Torah is repeated in verse 23. And in verses 27 to 30, God's Torah was to rest on the Sabbath. In the verses 32 and onward, God's Torah was to preserve the omer of manna. It was to preserve a certain amount of manna, the bread from heaven. It was so that the Israelites could tell the future generation what God had done to their people in that desert. And Aaron, one of the leaders, followed this God's Torah, the instruction, and set aside a certain amount of manna. You see, God's Torah here was not an instruction to restrict the Israelites' movement or run the rules for the sake of testing. Torah here was an instruction to teach and guide the people. Torah here was an instruction to teach and guide the people. It taught God's way. You see, as God provides manna and meat, the Israelites gather, share, and prepare. As God works, the Israelites also work. Sabbath is the day when God rests. As God rests, Israelites are to rest. God preserve the manna. Yeah, and- I don't know why. It only gives the option of... <laughs> I'm just gonna continue, but I hope you thank you. So I was gonna go back to the little bit. So God, as God preserves the manna, right, that Aaron set apart for a very, very long time, God also pre- um God's God preserved the manna for supernatural long time. The people of Israel are to preserve the stories and experiences. Torah in Exodus 16 taught people that God is God who works with, who works for, and who works through people. God is God who rests, and God is God who preserves God's story. In God's Torah, guides people not only to teach about God, but also instructed and instructed and taught people how to follow God's way. We work as God does. We rest as God does. We tell who God is as God does to us. With God's Torah, people were able to know who God is and what God is like. I don't think God sent the food with Torah as a condition to receive from God, to see if they are good enough to receive something from God. Rather, I think it makes more sense to read as, God sent the food with Torah to fill more than a physical and practical needs, but to meet deeper and a fundamental needs of knowing God. As verse six says, in Exodus 16, so that the Israelites would know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Revelation of God's identity is the repeated theme in the book of Exodus, In Exodus 16, and the other two stories were just the beginning part of a long, long process in which God taught God's people who God is. So who is God then? There are many things the Bible doesn't give a straight answer. I wish it does, but it doesn't. (laughs) But for this one, for this question of who is God, God has the answer. Exodus 3, 14 to 17, God says, I am who I am. What that means is God is the active presence in people's lives and invites people constantly to engage. So people like the Israelites got got to constantly know who God was through their experience, and it all depends on that context in various different ways. And it's actually not only the Israelites. The Old Testament tells us many, many stories about people learning who God is through their various experiences. And today's text, it's just another one of them shows us who God is. See, in the earlier part of Exodus, Exodus, God was simply the God of the fathers. And they experienced, the Israelites experienced God as God who listened to God's people's cry to be freed from slavery. Then they witnessed another side of God at the Nile and everywhere in Egypt. God is God who rules nature, who turns the sweet water to bitter, who parts the Red Sea. And when they finished crossing the Red Sea, they knew now God is God of deliverance. And in the desert, in today's passage, they have learned God is not only God who listens, but God is God who present, who provides and gives Torah, gives instructions, and teaches who God is to the people. And in the same way, today, through all of what God does, we learn who God is. That is, even today, God is actively present and engaged in our lives. And through the interaction, through the presence, through an engagement, God reveals who God is. God reveals who God is constantly. because God is, who says, "I am." Who I am. And there are many things we can garner from today's text how to not upset God, how to complain properly, how we can do perhaps better than Israelites as we all wish or we think we can. <laughs> but the most important lesson for us, I think, is this consistent message. Throughout today's passage, throughout the Exodus, and throughout the Old Testament, and actually throughout the entire Bible. I think one of the most important messages we can garner from today's text is this Know your God. Know your God. As God constantly and actively has revealed and is revealing, and will continue to reveal who God is, our quest to know God also continues. See, the Israelites knew God as God of Abraham because they heard about God through their fathers and mothers, and God who delivered from them from Egypt, and then God became God of deliverance. And in the desert, God was God who sustained and provided through miracles. See, as they walk, quite literally, walk with God, their understanding of God kept widening and deepening. But even then, their understanding of God was not complete. Even after the Israelites witnessed with their own eyes God's miracles and experienced God's presence, they still didn't have a full picture of God. For example, they didn't know God as the one who saves. God is the one who sends the Son, and the Son will come and live here on this earth and live among us and live like us and die on the cross and be resurrected. It's not until when Jesus came that God came to be known as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as it says in Romans, and as the giver of the Spirit. As says in John 14, 26. See, the Israelites, with all their experiences, with all their knowledge, they didn't have a full picture of God. And that I think is true for us today, to a certain extent. I think. For us today who has who, who know about Jesus. What he has done and what we know, we read the Bible, we pray and we learn and earnestly seek God. Even then, I don't think we have a full picture of God quite yet. We're yet to see many, many ways that God is going to work in the coming days. We haven't seen how God will reveal who God is and what exactly God will do when Jesus returns. And that's why I think the book of Revelation is such a fascinating and also puzzling book to a lot of us. And that is why I think the most valuable application for us today is this know your God, which means to be aware of the way God is revealing who God is, be aware of the way that God acts and works in today's world and what that is really like here today in our lives and this invitation to know god is for everyone whether you call yourself christian or not is irrelevant here the bible lists many many revelations done to all kinds of people so i dare say actually yeah some of you who are not set in the Christian ways may actually have an easier time spotting what the rest of us may miss. So invitation really is for everyone. At the same time, for those those of us who call ourselves Christian, who also may have um, studied or spent time and invested in this and who may think, like myself, that we know God. Actually, this passage cautions us to approach with all-knowing attitude, but approach actually with lots of humility that we actually don't know everything. So whether we call ourselves Christians or not, you call yourself Christians or not, today's passage encourages all of us to open our eyes and see and know who God is. Whether us as a collective community of Wellspring Church in Ohana or us individually, application of today's text is to, again, open our eyes to see and know who God is today, right here, right where we are. How do you see God working in the lives of people around you? Where do you see God working? What is God doing in Wellspring, within this community? But as important as paying attention to what God is doing within this community, what is God doing outside the walls of church? Do we see what God is doing on the street of Hawaii, in our school systems, in our hospitals, courts, and work, and our neighborhood, and our relationship, our family, our life? Do we see what God is doing? Today, amidst of us, with us, for us, in our lives. And when you see God's action, God's works in our lives, what does that tell us about who God is? You see, when we know God so well, we then, when we know God so well, then we're able to describe who God is, what God has done in our lives and in this life we live today and what God is like today. What we see is consistent from the Bible and of God that we knew for a long, long time. When we able to describe who God is in our own words and with our own experiences. I think many of us desire to proclaim God, our faith in God and God's love. Proclaim means to describe. So when we say we want to proclaim God's love, we want to pro- proclaim God, when we say we want to proclaim our faith, which means there's a desire in us to describe what God's love is, who God is, what God has done, what our faith is. And two, for us to do that well, I think we need to keep our eyes open, keep learning who God is, be aware, be sensitive to God's revelation today in our lives. And on top of that, I think perhaps it is time for some of us to start describing God with our own words, without relying so much on what someone at church on Sunday like myself teaches you or shares with you, or maybe something that you have learned in Sunday school, or even seminary are really describing God with your own words, with your own experiences. God is constantly and actively revealing who God is through the word, through the prayer, through your constant relationship and actively active engagement with God and the world and through people. So let me ask you this. Who is your God? When people ask you, what would be your answer? Who is your God? And if your answer is full of Christian lingos, Christianese that people around you don't really understand, it may mean that it may mean that there are a little bit more room for growth. We can start recognizing and notice the way God revealed who God is to you and describe what you see with your own words. What you discover in the Bible. Can you describe it with your own words? God, you experience. Can you describe God's love with your own words? And I want to say to those who are um, maybe don't believe in God or don't call yourself Christian, I want to be clear that your voice, your proclamation of God, your description of God is also much needed in the kingdom of God. And for those of us who call ourselves Christians, your renewed, renewed voice along with the consistent, unchanging voice about who God is, to describe our God is also much needed in a God's kingdom today. So as we conclude this time, let me end, let me ask this again. Who is your God?